This is Brett from Dimension Z, joined as I always am by Greg of the Dead. How you doing, man? Doing good. How you doing? Awesome, because it's Throbtober and we're doing John Carpenter. Yeah, like, we talked, we wanted to hit, I don't know if we'll actually get to, but, like, a lot of the big horror directors in this month. And we already did Raimi when we did Drag Me to Hell, so what are we doing for Carpenter? And you came up with this. I'm ashamed to admit, I consider myself a pretty big Carpenter fan. I have never seen this movie and had forgot of its existence even. So this is like a weird Carpenter blind spot for me that I just never got around to seeing until now. Yeah, for some reason, this is like the forgotten Carpenter movie. Like, it's the same thing as like The Fog. They're really good, but for some reason, people don't really talk about them a whole lot. And every once in a while, you'll see it pop up and people are like, eh, it kind of sucks. It's like, no, it doesn't. Yeah, and even the fog, you still see some merch and stuff for once in a while. Like this one, like from what I understand, this is when we went kind of back to independent like filmmaking. Was this one? So it wasn't as big, obviously, as a Halloween or They Live or something like that. And this is like a good like who's who of Carpenter like main players. Donald Pleasance is there. Victor Wong is there. He's he was from like Big Trouble in Little China. Uh, yeah. Dennis Dunn is there same guy from Big Trouble in Little China and there's like also some different character actor guys like Peter Jason like you don't know the name but to see his face you're like oh yeah that guy which one's Dennis Dunn um he's the younger uh guy that's trapped in the closet like towards the end oh okay yeah okay so <laughs> Before we get going, I want to talk about my biggest confusion. Okay. Because I know it's Carpenter, and there's a blonde guy with shortcut hair and a mustache. And I'm like, <laughs> Tom Atkins looks really weird in this movie. No, this is Wish.com Tom Atkins. Uh, for some reason, he must have been busy. <laughs> Don't tell me that this wasn't a Tom Atkins prototype. Though. Look at this guy. I'm like, this is just baby Tom Atkins. I was thinking, I'm like, when did this come out? I'm like, no, that's not Tom Atkins. Like, who the fuck is... My notes even say Tom Atkins at first. With him. Well, you know what gives it away is he doesn't drink beer anywhere in this movie. That's true. That should have been my first notice right there. But then again, it was the beginning of the movie. I, he's still on time. Tom Atkins would have had a keg on a dolly follow him around trying to fight Satan in this movie. Like, just a hose to his mouth. <laughs> it's like Popeye. He's... <laughs> You've seen this before. Yes, uh, a couple times. Um, it was one of those ones where, like, a few years ago, it went on Shudder. And I was like, oh, a John Carpenter movie I've never seen. Sure. And I watched it. I was like, holy shit, this is good. It's a really interesting one. Like, I like the blending of science horror, which we do a lot, and then, like, religious horror, like demons and Satan and stuff. It's a cool blend of the two. It's so cool how they bring it together. If they have all these different, like people coming in of they have like the uh priest is there donald pleasance they have like uh pe like um oh fuck it was physicians coming in like scientists like every person they could have like picked out of this college they have coming in to tackle this thing that i love even at the beginning they're like do you know what we're working on and everyone's like we have no idea yeah i mean they really don't tell them so i guess that's our good point to get into is this is prince of darkness from 1987 
written and directed. Did he produce? No. Uh, no Edward Tarifecta, but written and directed by John Carpenter. But he did compose it, of course, so there could be a quasi, like, it's almost like how it's the Edward Trifecta, it's the John Carpenter Trifecta. Like, written, directed, and composed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's And the score on this is really good. Oh yeah, all of his stuff is always good. Like, the, I will just put on, like, his scores when I'm at work, and just get through the day, and I can't, like, imagine if, like, there's just uh, sharp like piano noises coming out on my earphones, and everyone's like, "What the fuck is he listening to?" <laughs> so I will say there, he does have one score for a quick side tangent that is so weird to me. It's the "They Live" one, and I even saw an interview with him. Was like, "Yeah, I really didn't do much for that." I sat down at the piano, like, "Womp, bump, 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 bump." It's always the one where I'm like, "You really phoned this one out a little bit, didn't you, John?" Yeah, that. But it also like it does. It's not as great and grandiose as his other ones, but it's also like following around like Rowdy Roddy Piper as he's like this homeless guy on an adventure. Like it kind of fits. I mean, we'll talk more on this when we cover they live, but why wouldn't he give him bagpipes? Oh, that would be awesome. That's two on the nose. He comes out in a kilt. <laughs> <laughs> but that's they live. We're not talking about they live. This is Prince of Darkness. So it kicks off really weird because there's no dialogue in the beginning. You just kind of are following what's going on. This old man, Father Carlton, is dying and found by nuns, and he's holding this box. And then Priest Donald Pleasance, that's what I will call him the entire time, is Priest, because that's what he's credited as. Although, if you turn on subtitles, it says Father Loomis. Yes, his name is Vader Loomis. Oh, that's a badass name. But V-A-T-E-R, not, I am your father. (laughs) That's the... You know what that means, right? V-A-T-E-R? No. Isn't that German for father? Oh, I have no idea. It might be. Let me check. I know. I think it is a language for father. It makes sense. Well, is his name then, like, at the very, like, he's born and his parents are like, you will be a priest. It's like if you name your kid Jeeves. It's like, you're going to be a butler. Yeah. Vader is the German word for father. So he's oh. literally father, father, Loomis. Okay. That makes sense. I love that he's Loomis again in this one. They're like, sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, we ne- they never address him as that, so I think that's just a fun little credit thing. Oh, John Carpenter's sitting there, like, he's, like, already a 12-pack in trying to write this, and he gets this in Halloween Cross, because he just sees Loomis there. He's like, oh, shit. No one cares. <laughs> Give me my check. Donald Pleasance is reading the scroll that the old priest who had died, and the box also has a key in it. And... It's very serious, like there's foreboding music, all these nuns are walking towards him, and he's talking to some clergyman in a garden about it, so something big's going on here. Right, and I love it, and people will say a lot of, like, oh, this movie starts out so slow. It's not slow, it's building. It's building characters, it's building the story. It doesn't just immediately dive into, like, shoot guns at Satan! You know, it's like, I like the build-up to it. I mean, I'll say I think it is a little slow at the beginning. It's not to the point that it bothers me, but they could have picked it up a little bit, but I didn't really knock too much off for that or anything. But no, the beginning, I think, does start a little slow. Yes, but I like. I just think it just, I love where it goes and the end of if the end wasn't so cool and like everything builds up to this crescendo and it's like, okay, this is awesome. I could see this being like, okay, yeah, this is boring. I gotcha. 
But then we cut to Brian, who is <laughs> looking at my notes. Tom Atkins is crossed out. <laughs> Brian is scribbled over it. Just man. Class. <laughs> He's in Professor Barrick's class about time, like and what time really is and why we can't perceive it and all this kind of stuff. Uh, stuff way smarter for me to be able to comprehend. Oh yeah, I love it. That's what I like was saying earlier. They bring in all these people, like the heads and like people that study all these different things. If they have someone who translate h translates ancient languages, and they also have a mathematician. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, they literally need all of it. It's crazy. Like they, if they didn't have this giant team, they wouldn't have figured any of it out. Yeah. But it keeps cutting back and forth, because then we see Prince Donald takes the box to this old church, then back to Brian, he walks his cu crush, Catherine, walk with this other boy after class. Uh, this other boy's name, what is it, Walter, uh, he's like, why did I master in whatever major again? Oh, right, to be a millionaire by 40. <laughs> I love his character in this movie, and it's just, like, so chipper, and just, like, he's on another level than everyone else, of, like, his energy. <laughs> I, I gotta say this, though. All these kids, I know they're not teenagers, they're young adults in college, but I'm like, you could almost pass for 40, a lot of you. Well, these are also people that are, like, extreme. This isn't, like, a two-year computer course that I took at the community college. This is, like, someone who's studying math, and that's all they ever do. So, of course, they're gonna be doing it for, like, 10, 12 years. So, I could honestly see these people being in their, like, late 20s, early 30s. Maybe. I think you're cutting a little too much credit there. <laughs> they look way too old to be in college still. They're... Not saying that older people can't go back to college, I know, but they're not portrayed as that. Okay. Donald Pleasance is typing a letter of utmost importance that will go to Professor Barrick. More class, and then... Is it a limo that pulls up outside? Yeah, a limo pulls up outside of the church that is our main, like, uh place of the like most of the movie and i saw like yeah. right next door to the church is like one of those like one hour photo places i would hate to like work right next door and you're just getting like some of like the blowback of this like why is all the cameras evil all of a sudden <laughs> everything every picture comes out has little weird swirly demons in the back now yeah there's satan and everyone there's satan's asshole there's i'm not developing these <laughs> Donald Pleasance meets with Professor Barrick, and he gives him Father Carlton's diary, and they go to the old church from before, and there's a secret basement in the church. I like how they set it up, too, of he the uh, father would only leave the church one day a week to go get food and immediately return. So he's just constantly there, just, I guess, like, on guard. Well, yeah, I think so, and because it's so cool the way they set up, you know something's evil down here, because they go down, and there's so many candles, but the thing that struck me weird is, is just how many crucifix are lining the walls, especially on the stairs down, yeah. and then all around it, there's just like hundreds upon hundreds of crucifixes pointed at this thing. And they're also- Oh, the thing, we should say what it is. Yes. It's a big green tank of 
swirly green something. It's yeah, it's swirly green like goo, but it's also water, but it also looks like smoke. Like it's really cool, and I also like that it's not just like there's a uh, Satan in a cage or something that you could see like a sea level movie doing. It's a guy in a bad costume. He's like, let me out of here. <laughs> I like that it's like no one knows what it is. Like it's completely out of the realm of our knowledge, and we're gonna do the best we can with this 1980s technology. <laughs> Dude, it looks like something you'd see in the back of a Spencer's back in the day with all the yeah. weird glowy stuff and everything. Like, this thing's a speaker, and when it plays music, the colors change. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, it won't play anything but Slayer! Hell yeah. <laughs> but they're like, what is this? A secret that can no longer be kept. His power. Yeah, because they mentioned on their way down that, like, under this church, there's, like, an underground catacombs-like area that was built in, like, the 1500s. Yeah, so they've had this thing in this location for at least that long. Which is fucking, I, I love that, of just, like, it's like the Knights Templar took it there and placed it. And they're like, okay, now we will watch over it for generations. And I guess they got to the last, like, why was that priest the one that could do it? Why can't Donald Pleasance now step in and be like, okay, I will live in this church? Well, I imagine, like, it's kind of like being an exorcist. Like, not all priests can do exorcisms. You have to go through all these special classes and stuff like that. Maybe it's like that. And imagine it's even harder to guard, like, the Satan goop. You know what I mean? You probably have to go through a lot of training and everything for it. I do know an exorcist, so I could ask ask them. Please do, and get back to me on this. I still have Father Lance's phone number. Never texted him other than years ago when I met him in that Tell Him Steve Dave meetup. But I still like to look and my phone contacts me like, there's Father Lance the Exorcist. (laughs) (laughs) But where are we at here? Oh, so all the students go to class, but class is canceled. But there's a note on the door with a list of students to go see the professor. And they're going there. On in the hallway, Brian meets Catherine, his crush girl, and he says something like, they're outside talking, he's like, someone like you never works on our side of the building, and she goes, that's a very sexist thing to say. He goes, well, I'm a confirmed sexist, and proud of it. And <laughs> she, d- at least they don't play it off like she thinks that's cute. Right. Like, she's right away like, I'm gonna go. It goes, wait, can we start over? Look, I'm just gonna throw this out there. If you're a girl and some guy says that line to you, and uh-huh. just wait, can we start over? No. Don't. Just keep going where you were gonna go. No, I got your first impression. I kind of get a gist of who you are. No, thank you. <laughs> Not even kind of a gist. You straight up spelled it out. But, yeah. Okay. Like, why aren't you in the kitchen? Are those <laughs> shoes you're wearing? <laughs> a woman wearing pants? <laughs> Blast from no wonder the devil's coming back. <laughs> he asks her out to dinner and she agrees. Like he passes as to go over notes, but basically it's a date. And all the selected physicists next scene go to meet with the professor. And he tells them, pack a change of clothes and get ready, you'll be sleeping there. You're not all professors yet, but you just might as well be at this point. You're almost graduated. So he's picked, like, the best of the best. Right. It's like, you see that list of, like, oh, look, we're all going to that church experiment thing that I've kind of heard, like, murmurs about. That's the worst list to be on. 
Oh, yeah, I'm sure it is. This is when it pays to, like, kind of slack off and get C's. Yeah, you'll still pass, but you won't get chosen to go to the Satan church. Exactly. Do you want to go fight Satan? No? Well, maybe (laughs) don't do that homework. Yeah, exactly. Skip one or two. Take a day off. (laughs) Yeah. Still a day or two before everyone moves in. The professor goes to the church to meet back up with Professor Loomis. I mean, professor to meet with Father Loomis. And he sees this lady outside the church pushing a cart. She's holding her hands up to the sky, and there's ants all over her. I don't think he sees the ants, though. Yeah, at this point, because it starts off with small bugs. Because even earlier, someone was looking at something on a computer monitor, and there's all these ants, like, pouring out of the computer. Yeah, the bug stuff, like, it just grows and grows throughout the movie. But when he's talking to Father Loomis, he wants the public to know about it. He's like, we can't keep it a secret anymore. I want absolute proof that this is real so we can tell the public about it. So that's why all the scientists are here to run every test rule out, every other option, everything like that. Which it's such a cool setup of like, we're going after Satan and like the, like these like evil things that it's always been religion and just faith and the book and whatnot. Well, we're bringing all these computers in that's going to measure everything. And even when like stuff starts happening later, like there's spikes and readings and stuff. And it's almost like Satan's like, Oh shit, what was that? Yeah, exactly. They know I'm here. Um, <laughs> I don't think he's hiding at that point. No, he not really. He's taping on the computers to him and shit later. Oh yeah, he's he's hopping online. <laughs> um, that next morning, Brian wakes up with Catherine in his bed. He's all proud of himself. Uh, he goes out, goes outside, and an eclipse is happening. And he's just staring straight at it. Pro tip: like when there are eclipses. Still, even though it's cool, you still can't stare directly at the sun. No, you have to, like, I remember when one of these happened, like, years ago, and I was working at Sheets, and you had to, like, someone came by with, like, the special box that has, like, this lens on it, and if you look through it, then you could see it. And he was, like, passing that around. But, yeah, you cannot just stare at an eclipse. You're going to, like, fuck up your vision. Yeah, it's like the same stuff a welder's mask is made out of. Okay. But you see all these, like, zombie... I think they're all supposed to be homeless people? Yes. uh, We got these, like... I don't... There's kind of zombified, but they're, like... I would say they're more, like, semi-possessed homeless people. Oh, yeah, I don't actually mean zombies. I mean, but, like, they're all, like, in a zombie state. Led by... Holy shit. The shock rocker himself. Alice Cooper, Vincent Furnier himself is the... I guess we'd call it the head's homeless, possessed person. Yeah, I The very first scene, you see him walk out of, like, the alleyway. And it's just like, he's far away, and he just slowly walks towards the camera, just staring at the sky. And it's just like, holy shit. I remember watching this the first time, and I had no idea Alice Cooper's in this. It's like, holy shit, is that Alice Cooper? Paul's movie. Google. <laughs> he has an album called Prince of Darkness. Oh, okay. I don't think there's a connection, but just a fun little tidbit there. I don't think he gets any lines in the movie, but he does get some cool scenes. Yeah, he gets a lot of close-ups. He gets a kill. Like, yeah. So yeah, he's in there. A very creative kill when we get there. Yeah, one you can't say you see every movie. No. Team arrives at the church. They see all the staring people there. Um, the priest shows up outside, and the crazy bug lady just gets this distorted voice talking to him. Like wonderful. You're opening the church again. So am I correct? Because we also have bugs and a distorted voice later. 
have the bugs completely infiltrated the people who get like distorted voice like they're wearing a human suit because it sounds like insect like and everything yeah is it like an edgar suit from men in black kind of thing but it's just mini bugs (laughs) yeah that's what i think it is it's like a thousand bugs like especially this one and the one later the big one where then they drop out and everything yeah yeah, it's, uh, it does almost seem like they're just, like, there's bugs just under their skin. Yeah, but the team's all inside, they're setting up, and they see the container, and they're like, oh, what the hell? And But they still don't really know what the point of them being there is, but they're starting to translate the text and all this stuff. The translator's like, it's a thousand languages, dead languages, they're all mixed together, someone didn't want this to be translated. Well, and it's also kind of, it's an interesting line that, like, again, you know Carpenter put it in there, of like, it was an original text about this, and then someone erased it and put their own words, and then someone erased that and put put their words over that. It's like, exactly the Bible. Yeah, that's a big thing in most holy books, like whatever king was in charge at the time, if they wanted their stuff to be more law of the land, they just changed whatever holy book that region followed. Which is, I I like that he put that in there. Yeah, it makes sense with everything. But they're even, like, speculating, like, is this some kind of, like, nuclear thing? Is it, like, an organism? Like, no one knows. Yeah. And while they're translating, there's worms on the window, and there's more and more throughout the movie. Like, just earthworms. I know you're going to point out that they are not maggots nor superworms. No. Oh, yeah, they're earthworms for sure. But I think this is on purpose, because they're, like, all slimy. And they're, like, crawling up the window. Which, you know, during the shot, they, like, the window's, like, laying down, and they're, like, shifting it a little bit so they fall up. But yeah, it looks like how the shot is that the earthworms are crawling up somehow. Yeah, I think it's cool looking. It's, it's awesome looking. Yeah, it's super creepy. And it's like immediately sh- weird shit's happening. Oh yeah, the second they start poking around at this container too much, it starts activating all of its anger, I guess. Yeah. The translations are about Satan and the son of Satan and Satan coming to Earth and being banished and that he was actually an alien and that Jesus was an alien that banished him and then people crucified him, all this weird stuff. It's really cool, like stuff that they play with like that and a lot of it's just little throwaway lines but you're almost grasping at them like that's so cool yeah i want that movie yeah but i love i like that how they uh, handle it you know oh yeah but you know what i mean i want the movie about alien satan and jesus fighting and everything (laughs) like on a spaceship yeah just alien versus predator stuff (laughs) yeah basically that's what it turns into it's like alien versus predator 3 it's like i thought this was about jesus it's like well he does show up in the third act but all the people outside are still just staring in and they haven't moved like an inch and one of them even looks out they're like i was trying to like study their behavior for any kind of like mental illness or something like that like I forget which one they said. I thought it was this, but then, like, people's ticks, like, they'll stop after a little bit, then come back. They haven't moved at all. Right. They're like, is it some kind of mental thing, like you said? And it's like, no, they're just staring there. They're just standing motionless, just waiting for us to try to leave the building. They don't know that yet, but we find out right here, because this one guy who's not really a part of it, he's kind of just helped set it up and everything. He goes to leave for the night, and... He hears music playing, like, from headphones or something, and he sees a crucified pigeon. 
Yeah, and of course, and it's at like the bottom of the stairs. So of course you're going to go investigate that. And he does, and then out of the shadows, Alice Cooper appears, and he picks up half of a bicycle. Yeah, and just a half. I Did they break it, or was this just randomly here? I do not know. But he picks it up, and also all the rest of the horde like surrounds this guy. And so it's just him and Alice Cooper there. And he impales him with the broken bike. Alice Cooper gets a kill in a Throbtober episode. I'm very happy. It's an awesome kill. I love, like, the facial expression on Alice Cooper because he's all like, Rah! and there's this, like, huge blood spurt coming out of the back of the dude. And then Alice Cooper, like, puts the bike down and the guy's just resting there standing up because the, of the bike tire. Yeah, it's cool looking drop down. It really is. It's an awesome kill. Uh, speak. Do you ever see Alice Cooper? Yes, one time uh, with Motley Crue at the Motley Crue farewell tour. <laughs> <laughs> that held up, didn't it? Oh yeah, but that's cool. He's great, isn't oh, he? I love him. I loved him way more than Motley Crue, and I Motley Crue was fun to see. But Alice Cooper still does his huge stage show. He gets decapitated. Frankenstein comes out. Like the giant babies come out dancing around. He does, like, the whole straitjacket thing still. I love his act. Oh, yeah. Let me tell you this line up here. The murder dolls, Alice Cooper, Rob Zombie, in my hometown. I didn't even have to drive for it. Best night ever. I was going to say, did you have to drive even 20 minutes to go see Alice Cooper live? Like... (laughs) About about that far. It was great. I also can't believe... What year was that? Because I wonder if I was even living here yet. 2010. No, I wasn't here yet. That's why I didn't go. Oh, okay. I'm on Alice Cooper now, I'm sorry. Feed uh, my Frankenstein! <laughs> Back inside, Professor Barrick reveals the devil theory to Brian. He's like, this is what I'm thinking here. And Brian's like, that's insane, that's not gonna be it. Um, Susan, the girl with the glasses, as everyone calls her, goes down to see the jar, because she hasn't got to see it yet. She's been upstairs reading, like, seismograph charts and everything the whole time. And it's dripping up. So, like, if it was a sink that was slightly on, dripping down, but that, but going up to the ceiling. Yeah, and there's a puddle of green stuff on the ceiling. And I love her reaction of just like, what the fuck is that? Because she takes her, like, she's staring at it for a second with her mouth wide open. Yeah, it's wild. I mean, but I'd be the same way. And then Satan does it, excuse, excuse, right into her mouth. Yeah, it's Bray's... The spray effect's so weird. It's it's like that uh, microphone that squirted Tom Cruise. But like, <laughs> why did you do that? In the face. Why did you do that? Do you think this is funny? <laughs> I would love this. She just did that back to the container. It just grabs the container. It gets all serious. <laughs> um, upstairs, the team's reading translations, and it's the the disciples hid this container until science caught up with like till science got the technology to prove its existence and everything. But the seismograph starts jumping and says there was just a giant burst of energy from the basement. No one goes down to check. This is what blows yeah. my mind. They're like, huh, the basement where the giant evil tube is. Hmm. Yeah, they're like, it's it's incredible. Nothing like I've ever seen. Just a straight line of energy from it. No one goes down to investigate? No. Huh, that's interesting. Now back to our math. <laughs> But uh, the cocky guy, Walter, is out in the hallway, and Possessed Susan is just staring at him. And he's like, okay, goes into a room. Another guy asks, hey, have you seen Susan? He goes, yeah, she was just in the hallway. 
goes out. She's not there anymore. He goes down to the basement to look for her. Yeah, and at this point, like, people start, like, slowly disappearing a little bit. To, and it's almost where everyone else is so busy that they don't notice until there's a couple of them gone. And they're like, holy shit, where did four people just go? Yeah, it's, well, I mean, it makes sense with how much they're working. The one girl's like, yeah, I slept for three hours. I'm oh, yeah. keep going. Yeah, and, like, I think it's a might be in a, like, a little bit, but they start saying of, like, yeah, it's, like, 3.30 in the morning, which, like, 3 a.m. has always been, like, an evil time. Like, yeah, uh, it, I think that's supposed to be when, like, Christ died or something, and that's why it's so evil. I'm not 100% oh. sure. But I never heard that. I know, don't they always call it, like, the witching hour or whatever? Yeah. Um, but I forget what the reason is, but she's like, yeah, I've seen all these like equations that I've never seen. It's like a foreign language completely, like all this math. Yeah, it's so much that's keeping them like engaged enough that they don't need to sleep. And I forget what kind of math they say it is, but they're like, oh, that wasn't invented then. Like, cause she's reading it out of the book and she's like, I know. And they're all like, oh shit. But that one guy goes down into the basement, and this is really cool and tense, because there's all this, like, monitors and equipment, you know, down there. Yeah. And there's this thing that starts beeping, like, beep, beep, and it just starts slowly increasing and increasing to the point it's going nuts. And this is really good tension building, and then he turns around, and Susan's there, and she just snaps his neck. Yeah. It, and it's... I enjoy how they do the possessed people of they're just like a little bit pale and they have like nothing behind their eyes. They're just staring straight forward. It's not like they have like extremely gory makeup like the one at the end does, but it makes sense why oh, yeah. and we'll get there. <laughs> yeah, the one does. But I enjoy that they don't go like super over the top. It's just like, yeah, this could also happen of they just kind of stay the same, but they lost like almost their soul kind of thing, maybe. Yeah, they all have that thousand-yard stare and all that. Yeah. The one guy, Frank, is outside. He doesn't believe it. He thinks he's going to leave. The other two guys who are outside with him go back in, and Frank's out there alone, and the horde is just staring at him. Susan walks outside on, like, a balcony, stares at him, and she has roaches on her, and then the weird lady from before stabs him to death. Yeah, and it's, like, half of a garden shear or something, it looks like. Yeah, it's something weird. It's not like a knife or anything like it's that. It's like a piece of garbage that you would find on the street. And that's most likely what it is. And she just picks it up and be like, oh, I can kill with this. Thanks, Satan. <laughs> the next translation to come through is, be not deceived of his purpose, for one will be chosen. Right. Yeah, it's all this cryptic stuff they keep translating. And then we start getting like these dream translation things which and it's all very cryptic and weird and like kind of scary well that's perfect segue because that's literally next the girl lisa oh. lays down for a nap and she has the dream and it's like this is not a dream we are reaching you through electrons or neurons or whatever we're broadcasting from the year 19 not and then it cuts off but you see this dark figure walking out of the church they're in and everything like holy that holy shit and in a minute or two, everyone realizes they're all having the same dream, but it's really cool looking. I Do you know how they filmed this? It's so simple, but it's very effective. No. They filmed it on like a regular camcorder and everything just out there, 
put it in on a tape, put it in a VCR, and then just film the TV doing it. And that's why it looks so weird. I And I enjoy that, of it's like, yeah, we're like, because they explain that in the future, they have the technology to send like tachyon particles and point it exactly at a certain spot in space that they know the planet Earth is sitting at at this time of year. And they have to shoot it at more than the speed of light so it can go backwards in time. And it's like, okay, yeah, they can do all this, like, awesome shit, but if they could do that, it's not going to be, like, HD quality picture. It's like, the speech is garbled, you can make out words here and there, like, it looks like shaky cam. (laughs) Oh, yeah, it all makes sense why it looks like that. But it's fucking creepy, like, when you see that hooded, like figure in like the giant robe like and it's backlit it's just like you think like slow black sabbath is about to start playing oh hell yeah but uh susan glasses girl crawls onto the girl who laid down's bed and just sprays her in the face now like spits up whatever it is under her and that's pretty much it yeah it's almost like is it the velocity what is it in jurassic park that shoots newman in the face Excuse me, sir, it's not a Velociraptor, it's a Dilophosaurus. Okay, I don't know dinosaurs, I got Newman. But it's almost like that kind of thing is what (laughs) it reminds me of, or like a spitting cobra. Yeah, exactly. But uh, one girl who's talking to Catherine has this weird symbol bruise on her arm. She's like, oh, I don't even know how I got that. No one questions that yet? It's just an, oh yeah, that's okay. Well, the one... Well, I don't know. The one girl's about to, and then she's like, I just want to go sleep. And she's like, okay, I'll wake you up in half an hour. She's like, will you please give me 45 minutes? And she's like, okay. And then, like, as soon as she goes into the room to lay down, um, I think it's Walter that comes in and is like, we all have a meeting. It's like, God damn it. Will you give me 15 minutes? So it went from 30 to 45 to now you only got 15. I'll be like, God damn it. (laughs) There is the meeting in the lab next. And the one guy goes to get Lisa and she's just staring into space, not even at the computer typing. I live, I live over and over again, which this is cool. At this point, Tommy Wiseau walks in. It's like, why Lisa? Why everybody (laughs) betray me? (laughs) <laughs> I fed up with this world. Take it, Satan. <laughs> he just leaves. <laughs> what is it she types next? She goes, you will not be saved by the Holy Ghost. You will not be saved by the Father. You will not be saved at all. Yeah. Like, all this, like, creepy stuff. It's it's awesome. I like this part. Oh, just the and over then... and over again of, I live, I live, exclamation point. It's, like, so excited. Like, I'm back! And it's it's almost <laughs> like the scene from The Shining of, like, they're just typing the same thing over and over again. And they're, she's not even looking at the screen or the keyboard. It's, like, kind of off-center, off into space, into nothing. Yeah, exactly. It's something about this scene I just love. Um, and then Susan comes up behind that guy and he turns around to see Susan, then Lisa gets him and kisses him, but I think it's like like the spray, like, possessing yeah. him. Oh, and he's getting then full-on spray. It's not like the other ones where they get, like, some of it on their face, but also, like, it's just splatters. This guy gets the full-on force. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is the meeting where the priest is asking everyone about the dream. They theorize it's from tachyons from the future, and then all equipment just shuts off at once and goes dead. Which, at the very first, like, watching this again, I was like, of course it did, because it's 1980s technology, and it's been running for who knows how long. (laughs) 
I figured all the army of hobos outside, like, ripped the power to the place, but the lights are still on. They don't even, they didn't even mean to. They were looking for copper piping and just happened upon wires. (laughs) (laughs) We cut to Susan and Lisa moving the Satan container, and the crew hears this weird voice outside, Hello, hello, but old buggy. They look outside, it's Frank, the guy who was stabbed before, but he's just standing in a pile of bugs, and like I said, I think he is a pile of bugs. I say, I like what you did there, where he was talking all buggy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I've got a message for you, and you're not going to like it. Pray for death. And then he just disappears into his clothes like Obi-Wan Kenobi, and he just (laughs) falls into them, and that goes into the bug pile. Yeah, well, like, more bugs start crawling out of his uh, pant legs, and, like, his one arm, like, falls off, basically. He then, like, uh, his head falls off, um, and he just completely disintegrates into, like, his suit is just bugs now. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, Creepshow. Yes, exactly. Uh, the guy who was kiss sprayed is singing Amazing Grace walking around the hallway. I think he's still half there because he stakes himself in the throat. Yeah, he seems like he's, like, extremely sad about, like, oh, no, I got possessed. But, like, the look on his face is just like, oh, fuck, everything's fucked. Because then he even tries to kill himself of he, like, yeah, he breaks a piece off a chair. And it's like a wooden piece of, it's a piece of wood. And he stabs himself in the throat with it and, like, drags it across. And you can, like, it shows it in, like, not great detail, but it holds on it. And you're like, oh, that fucking, I can feel that. Ugh. Oh, yeah, and but Satan's not letting him go. He's already got him. Um, we also see the horde outside has barricaded them in. They've piled all this garbage outside so they can't get out. Uh, Walter walks into the room that the container is in, and the liquid is still reverse pouring onto the ceiling through another girl's eyes and mouth from down there. Is this one that becomes Satan later? Yes. Well, the, I'm guessing the son of Satan. Yeah, that one. But, yeah, it's just... It's a really cool reverse shot thing, too, because you at first you can't exactly tell if the water's pouring into her or out, but it's pouring in. Oh, okay. Yeah, see, I couldn't tell either because everything's so weird and backwards and everything. Because the only way that I can really put that together is later she has the giant pregnant belly, and he says something about, like, it must, and then later she doesn't, but she looks all fucked up, and Walter's like, it must have absorbed into her. Oh, okay, that makes sense. And he goes, like, and hides, and at first I thought it was a confessional booth, but then later you see a vacuum in it, so I think it is a closet. Yeah, I thought it was a confessional at first, too, but yeah, it's just a closet, and the four remaining scientists hide in their room by themselves, because chaos is broken out, like, people started to get chased and stuff at this point, and the priest is hidden in another room, so basically our group's four scientists, one room, priest, one room, Walter in a closet, but the other two possessed girls know he's in there, but just don't react to him at all. Yeah, it's almost like they're just standing guard. So, like, okay, as long as he doesn't try to escape or, like, fuck with whatever is yeah. going on over there in that bed, like, we're going to leave him alone for now. Yeah, as long as he doesn't interfere. And it is fucked up because now we get this big thing of, like, they find that Walter is, like, right on the other side of the wall. So they start digging through the wall with, like, a board with a nail in it, basically. And he keeps watch out of the door, like, because the door has, like, a... It does have a confessional booth, like, type window on it. It's, like, mesh. Um, Yeah. And he keeps looking at her, and at first she has this, like, giant pregnant belly. Which, at first, you're like, okay, they're going, like 
very um what they do a lot of times in this situation of oh satan's being reborn he's literally going to be a baby it's going to be like the omen yeah the, the stereotypical route but then later you see like okay the belly's like shifting and it's like you can see it's like going down but she's looking more fucked up and then finally it's completely gone and she just looks like she has no skin anymore no, she the effect on her, holy shit, it's wild looking. And like you said, at this point as well, uh, Vader Loomis has like gone into, like he's hiding behind a boiler, and the one guy that stabbed his neck, his own neck has now like walked into the room and is staring at this giant mirror, and it's just like laughing? I, I can't tell if he's laughing or crying, like if he's still fighting it or what's going on here. Yeah, I can't exactly tell either. Elf, is it like almost the evil is looking at itself and it thinks that it's funny or is he like trying to fight it halfway? It, yeah, you can't exactly tell. Also, just because they try to make them still a thing, Brian and Catherine finally kiss here. Okay. <laughs> Just because apparently it's a huge thing at the end that he lost her, the girl he met like two days before. Which, don't get me wrong, sad anytime someone goes. But yeah. old Sleepy on the bed there looks at Walter and laughs. Like, looks at him through the closet and laughs. She's all Satan'd out now. And the cot next to her telekinetically like just flies out of the way. They tell Walter to keep an eye on what's going on over there. But then he starts shining the flashlight into the, the corpse-looking lady's face. And she wakes up from it. And it's like, yeah, what do you think's going to happen if someone shines your uh, light in your face? You're going to be like, oh, where's that light coming from? Oh, look, there's someone hiding in the closet. I better go be evil. Yeah, and I would react the same way because she sits up and hisses. Yeah. His flashlight blinks off and all the beds are moving out of the way. And now the possessed girls are going after Walter. He starts freaking out. Here's the thing. You know, we said they're digging him out and everything. Until this moment where they start coming after him, he doesn't try to dig from his side at all, too, no. to help. He's just letting them dig him out. Then he starts. If he would have did this earlier, he would have been safe by now. I thought that, too. Yeah, lazy Walter. Because, but like, starts... it's the, like, just in the nick of time, they break through the wall and get him out. But, yeah, if you would both... And there's also, like, four people in the other room. Only one of them at a time is working on the wall. If you all work on this together, this would have been way done. Yeah, that's... For how many degrees they have, they're not too bright when it comes to digging through walls. No. But Walter gets into the other room, and... But Lisa grabs onto him, they pull her in, but they start beating her with bricks from the wall and everything, and they throw her out the window. <laughs> I love that scene, where they just toss her out the window, because they pull her through the hole, and you see this giant window behind them, and it's framed perfectly, and you're like, yes, do it. And they do it, and I love a good window crashing scene. And then the other one comes through, and they just throw her right out the window right behind her, almost with comic timing <laughs> about how close together they were. It's like the fucking Royal Rumble all of a sudden. <laughs> it was fucking awesome. <laughs> and yeah, I just like would I would have loved a shot from like the homeless people's p- perspective of they just see one flying all fly out the window and they look at them, and then another one comes out and they all just look up at the window or something. <laughs> The devil girl then, like, pulls out, like, a makeup mirror, and she starts putting her fingers through it, and this looks real cool, but it's too small for what she needs, so she smashes that mirror, and then 
yells father and the giant mirror like by professor by father loomis starts glowing yeah. as he's watching which th- it's it's uh reminds me a lot of evil dead 2 of course i had to mention that um but it is cool of like at for the very first mirror she finds is this tiny little makeup mirror and but is the son of satan so stupid that's like yes i will go through here and then it's like like upset and like confused when it doesn't work and smashes the mirror. It's like, how stupid are you? It's ridiculous. Is it like, what What was the plan? Are you going to like try to like Winnie the Pooh your way through and get stuck halfway? Satan is on the other side. Like you have to be fucking kidding me. My son is a dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> My dick couldn't fit through that. But she's at the big mirror now and she puts her arm through the mirror. So it's a portal. She's going to pull Satan through. But Father Loomis grabs oh. the fire axe and cuts it off. I'm like, oh, problem solved. She just grows a new one. Because this entire time, Father Loomis has been hiding and just reading from his Bible. He's It's almost like the stereotypical like priest, but he's too scared to do anything. So he just like hides off by himself. But then he sees like the giant mirror portal happen. And the look on Donald Pleasance's face, like his eyes get huge. And it's like, holy shit, it's happening right in front of me. God damn it, I have to do something. Because he keeps praying and he's like, Jesus, where are you? Satan is coming. <laughs> yeah, but he chops the arm off and you think that's going to work, but it just grows right back. And the look on his face yeah. when the arm just grows back is great. Because then, then he chops he off her, her head. head. <laughs> yeah, and she just puts it back on. At this point, I'd love. It's like he's like, "What else do you want me to do?" It was cool too because her arm was like halfway in the mirror, and on the other side of like the dimensional thing, it looks like just water. So he cut her arm off, and it just goes floating away. Yeah, it's really cool. Looking. Yeah. Um, but yeah, puts the head back on, and then she like telekinetically pins him against the wall with like a safe. It looks oh, like uh, this is. It's like the um. Uh, fuck the like furnace or whatever he was hiding behind. Oh, okay. Thing. I don't, it's like a giant piece of like old machinery. I'm not exactly sure what it was. But she reaches in and she's pulling Satan out. Uh, let's talk about the Satan design for a second. Oh. We don't see a full body shot. We just see an arm. Dude, but it's it's like the classic like clawed red arm with the black claws on it and everything. And I've seen people, like, scoff at this, like, huh, it's just a rubber arm. It's like, it looks fucking awesome. Because I love, it's like, you get the shot from inside the other mirror dimension, and it just looks like a giant, like, blob hand kind of thing. And then as soon as it starts coming out, it is. It's the classic, like, bright red skin, the black claws, it's huge, like... Yeah, I almost wanted a full reveal, but I get why we didn't. Because right at this moment, Catherine runs in, and I don't know whether to say this is a smart or stupid move, because it's both. She grabs Son of Satan Girl and jumps into the mirror with with her, and then Professor Loomis smashes it. But real quick before we get to the act. Yes. I see what she did. She's like, I'll trap her in the portal. Mm-hmm. So she grabs her and jumps in with her. Wouldn't a simple push have sufficed? Why did you need to, like, jump in with her? Couldn't you have drop-kicked her? Yeah, like, why the grab and jump? Like, for real, just run up and shove her in. 
I get of like it's the final. It's like the most like the biggest sacrifice someone could do, yeah, and whatnot. But yeah, it's I get also that. like, and it might have just been a, one of the split second decisions of like, holy shit! I can see Satan coming out of the mirror. I don't have time to look around for a chair to poke her with. And is it just like the full body? She just ran at her so hardcore that she just went in with her. But yeah, it's just, you feel so bad for her. Cause then, like you said, Loomis throws the ax, the mirror shatters. Uh, Brian's like, no, <laughs> but yeah, he, he shatters it. So destroying the whole portal back. And you get a quick shot of, like, you see, like, Son of Satan floating away, and then you see Catherine floating away, too. Yeah. It's like, oh my god, it's like, that's fucking, that's one of the most terrifying things in the movie of this poor woman is just now stuck in Satan dimension with Satan. In limbo, floating around forever. Or, like, she floats down to where he's, like, made his camp, and he has, like... It's almost like he just found bits and pieces of things, so he made a makeshift apartment. He's like, I invented Nintendo, if you want to do (laughs) (laughs) two-player. All the possessed people die, and the horde leaves. What do you think they think the next day when they snap back to normal? What? Like, do they remember it? Alice Cooper blinks a few times. It's like, oh, oh, look, a can. (laughs) He's like... Do you think like they had like a big member? Like, did I stab a man with a bicycle and see a guy turn into bugs? It's like, holy shit, I need to stop drinking. I just lost a couple days. <laughs> yeah, like imagine them like Yeah. Oh, cause do you think they go back to like their original positions first? Or do you think like they all came to right there? Like you're like, oh, why are all of you here? What the hell's going on? It's like what the fuck Bob, Bob, I told you to get away from me, you asshole, and they start fighting. <laughs> But Barrick's like, we're safe, but he's waiting on the other side. And we cut to the dream playing again, the one that everyone would have. But this time it plays the whole way through for Brian. And the spooky figure this time is Catherine emerging from the front of the building. Yeah, and you don't know if it's her just emerging, like she's traveled through like a wormhole type thing. And now it's like, it's like Beavis and Butthead do the universe where they just appear in a different year. Or something, you know, or is it now she's possessed because she has no expression on her face? It's completely blank. Yeah, I don't know. I think she's evil, but Brian wakes up from the dream, goes to his big mirror he has in his room, goes to touch it. We never actually see the contact, whether his fingers go through or just touch it because credits. I have a question. You went through. I might have an answer. You went through all of this. You're you're Brian. You survived. Okay. First thing I go when first thing I do when I go back to my apartment is get rid of every mirror. Are you ever going to own a mirror again? Not one bigger than like a hand mirror because I know that doesn't work. Exactly. You're going to have tiny little mirrors if you have anything at all. Yes, that's that. I could even put a bunch of them close together but not touching. So I'm like, okay, this works. A bunch of little mirrors. If Satan comes through here, he's gonna turn into Swiss cheese. I was about to say that he goes running full force at it and it just comes out and blocks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, that's Prince of Darkness. Holy shit, I love this movie every time. And every time at the end, I'm just like, it was so good. Why do people talk shit on this? Like, I love it. I love the build-up. I love the atmosphere. It's fucking intense at times. Like, I think it's fun. I don't know if I'll rewatch it. 
I did like it a lot, though. But I don't know if it's one that I'll ever... End. I probably will rewatch it, but I don't think it's going to into regular rotation for me. Oh, this is like... Once every year or two, I revisit this. And every time, I'm like, why don't I do this more? I don't know, because we have to watch a thousand movies a week. And also, it's usually whenever it shows back up on Shudder, because I don't own it. Yeah, did this have a theatrical release, or was this like a special, or what? Maybe oh, that's no, why I'm, I never heard of it. I'm. This has to be a theatrical, wouldn't you say? This is this is John Carpenter in the 80s, before he gave up in the 90s. I would think so, but you also had like body bags and stuff. Granted, that was 90s, that was 90s. right? Yeah, maybe. But, so, you want to get into Count of the Dead? Yeah, let's get into the Count of the Dead. Ah, ah, ah. Alright, Throbbing Horror Count of the Deads, where we tally up all the deaths in the movie. Where do you think Prince of Darkness got us? Um, now are we counting? I guess we count possessed people, right? We all, we see them all die at the end. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say six. Six? Yeah. Oh man, you didn't give Satan any credit. He took eleven. Really? Yes. Nice! Fucking A. I went with six because it's satanic. Uh, smart. <laughs> but yeah, no, eleven. Damn you, Satan! You betray me again! <laughs> but very nice. Um, I would say the highlight kill for me is bicycle kill. Bicycle kill? Um, mine might be the dual window throwings. <laughs> that is amazing. I love that so much, but that's just funny. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know. That one's fun. Or, honestly, maybe the guy melting into bugs. That's really cool, too. Or even his, like, initial death scene of getting stabbed a million times with that, like, half of a, like, sheer. Yeah, I, I, this movie had some really cool stuff. I really liked the makeup effect, like I said, on the Son of Satan girl. Yeah. Like, the whole time. And they did so many, like, working its way there shots, too. Like, closer and closer, and then all full boiled and bone structures changed and everything. Oh, yeah. Really cool. That's another thing he mentioned, which just, like, makes me, like, I shuddered, because, you know, me and my body horror stuff, they're like, her bone structure is changing. I'm like, oh, don't change her bones! They're fine! <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, every week, Greg does this count of the dead. Ah, ah, ah. And I do my ratings from Dimension Z. <laughs> Um, so basically, I take something from the movie and I rate the movie 1 through 10, 1 being the worst and 10 being the best. And I pick that thing right now. I think I'm going to go with um, pop culture versions of Satan. Okay. So Satan in like TV shows, movies, magazines, books, all of that. Okay. Yeah, there's a lot. Yeah. I mean, literally, we've covered so many of them. So yeah, there's a lot. So I'm going to go a number one version of Satan, like the weakest, worst version of Satan. Is that Satan uh, lobster guy from the Powerpuff Girls? Really? I always liked that. I like him, but he can't take down three little girls. He's not very powerful. He also has the help okay. of a monkey. <laughs> None of, neither one of them can do this. Can I take us on a mini tangent of what my number one would be? Sure. Dude, I won't lie. I love the show. But I always hated the Satan Saddam episodes of South Park. So it'd be that one. <laughs> oh, no, I love those. Because he's like the most evil, powerful ruler of the universe. And you go back to his bedroom and it's all pink. And it's just him and Saddam having relationship problems. And he's I love he's, he's talking to Kenny and like to asking him like what to do. And it's like, well, I don't think Saddam treats you very well, Satan. 
<laughs> I just feel like the show started almost devoting like half the episodes to that and not the kids. It's like, ah, it kind of started losing me. And then like, they ditched that after a while. But... Yeah. <laughs> that just, I forgot, I forgot about that version of saying It's just so funny. <laughs> What's your number 10? Oh, God, this is a hard one. Like, the most evil version of Satan. Um, Anything you say, you know, like, in an hour, you're going to regret it and think of something else. I am, and I'm going to honestly, this is the very first one that I thought of. And it's probably not even the most evil, but the, the Satan does probably the most destruction in this movie. And it's this is the end. Oh, okay. Where it's ginormous, like, 80-foot-tall Satan. And he's just wreaking havoc on the Earth. Like, he's one. Like, this is the apocalypse. He's, like, taken over. Do we count that movie as horror? No. Okay. I didn't know. I've always struggled with that. It's very on the cusp, but it's way too much comedy and not enough horror stuff. Okay. Unless one day we want to do it, then yes, it is horror. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What would you say, sir? For this, for my rating? Yeah. Um, I liked it a lot. I didn't love it. I went six and a half, Satan. Oh, so, well, because 6.6? Uh, yeah, let's, you know what, for this, let's bump it up. 6.6. Nice. Okay. And I forgot, I, I completely forgot I didn't get my rating yet. Um, I was going to say, I, that's why I was throwing off. I'm like, oh, me? But it was, I, think I felt honored. This one is one I would recommend rewatching again at some point, like not for the show and just watch it. I think you'll love it. Like, I know you enjoyed I, it. I did like it. Yeah. But I'm giving this movie like nine Satans out of 10. This is fucking awesome. Oh, you love this movie. I love this movie. This is one of my favorite John Carpenter movies. Like, you get so many, re like, reoccurring characters, uh, not characters, but actors coming back from his other movies to, like, join in this almost, like, mega movie of all the John Carpenter people. Like, Loomis is awesome. I love how they handle Satan in this, where it's still in the real world. And, like, science exists, you know. Yeah, it is really a who's who of Carpenter stuff. Like, a lot of it. It's just missing Tom Atkins. <laughs> yeah, that's it. If they, if he would have been in it, this might be a 10. Fair point. You know, I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. Yeah, it's always a great rewatch for me. And this is one I've been wanting to watch again, but I've been holding off because I knew we were recording this. All right, you want to go double feature or what type of horror fan? Ah, Let's do what type of horror fan, because we haven't done that in a minute. Okay. What type of horror fan would you recommend this to? If you're into science fiction and horror, I would say you would enjoy this. Because there are also some interdimensional things and like shooting the tachyon particles across the universe type things that are in this that I think would intrigue a sci-fi van as well. Okay. I'm going to go, honestly, like you're typical religious like your conjurings your exorcists your things like that so a lot of possession horror i'm gonna go that kind so yeah. honestly the exact opposite of yours but it works for both and it really does because this movie blends the two together really well yeah you don't say fuck it we have some time to kill what do you double feature with um oh god that's a good one uh i know mine i thought of it right there that's okay. why i wanted to do it you go first uh, i'm going phantasm oh that's perfect 
I feel like these two would blend together really well in a double feature. With the interdimensional stuff and whatnot. I I like that. Exactly. That's a great... Fuck. God, why didn't I go first? <laughs> I also say Phantasm. No. You um, can't take mine. Let me think. Because I almost want to say, like, Escape from New York, but that's not really a horror movie. You can double feature that's an, with it. That's an action movie, and I'm not going to do that. Um, ooh, Army of Darkness. Oh, that'd be a fun one. Honestly, like, two sides, like, here's all the fun, and here's the bleakness of the same kind of thing a little bit. Exactly. And it's, like, dealing with interdimensional travel, it's dealing with evil and the dead, you know. Yeah, that'd be a cool one. Yeah. Alright, well, it is through October, so we'll probably be back tomorrow with something else. Yeah, we'll see what we have tomorrow tomorrow in store for you for Throbtober, and we hope that Prince of Darkness has left your brain throbbing with horror. Ah, it seems you've survived another fright. Be sure to look for the Throbbing with Horror pumpkin on all of your favorite social medias and local newspaper headlines. Rate us five stars on your favorite podcast platform, or else... Subscribe for more tantalizing terror, and be ready for the new fear next week, if you dare.